What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. It's that time of year again, and we all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket, and we all deserve to have a little fun. The only place you're guaranteed to get all three is at MyBookie. They're the only sportsbook that doesn't care whether you're naughty or nice this year. They got gifts for everyone. Best NFL, NBA, all your favorite college sports, and more. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer. A 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And at MyBookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code 3YARDS, that's the word, 3YARDS, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie to make the most of this holiday this year. And start into 2021 with cash in your pocket. This winner, bet with the best, bet with MyBookie. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Listen, I've been thinking, if you don't want me mixing with... The Kansas City Chiefs! No more. We'll make out some other kind of way, you know? There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Win. What are we waiting for? Take this! And we're on, and welcome to a big game edition. Of three yards per carry, I'm afraid I tag us. I'm Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not with us. He's dealing with a personal matter. Simon, 
finally, it's here. I don't remember the last one. I, we're actually going to do that exercise. Like, what actually constitutes a big game? What was the last big game the Dolphins were in? But before that, I would trust that, like, you know, everything's in play this week, right? The ball toner, the deodorant, mm-hmm. the lawnmower 3.0. Like, this is one where we have to be in tip-top shape for Sunday. Tell the people what they must do Saturday night. They, they need to shave, clean, tone, spray, tickle, reshave, respray, retone, <laughs> get ready. Because... Sunday is going to be an edge of your seat ride, as we will discuss. And if you haven't been using the lawnmower 3.0, you may well slide off painfully on the sofa when you're celebrating a touchdown. But if you've been using it and using the uh, the code 5RSN, then you will sleekly slip and slide from the sofa, celebrating a successful season for the sensational Sholfins, Dolphins. That's what you need to do. Yes, and that's the promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off. So I'm going to hit you cold with it. What was the last big game the Dolphins were in, Simon? Uh, One of us does some research on this show. Uh, December 24th, 2016, against the Buffalo Bills at New Era Field in Buffalo, a game that we won 34-31 in the last minute of overtime. Thanks to an Andrew Franks field goal and a very long Jay Ajayi run to set it up. I think that was pretty much the last game. Um We'd lost against the Ravens, come back and beat the Cardinals, but obviously Tannehill had gone down again, another Andrew Franks field goal in overtime to win that game or at the end of the regulation to win that game, beating the Jets and then really needed a game to to get into the playoffs or at least put us in a great position to get into the playoffs um, and going on the road to Buffalo. I think that was pretty much the last big game that we've had. I think before that was probably um, well, a certainly regular season game. I think the, the obviously the playoff game superseded that, uh, mm. that we lost to Pittsburgh 30 to 12, 30 to 40. Yeah, 30 to 12. Later, yeah, later on that season. But I think the last big regular season game was uh, was that December 24th matchup against the Bills. I remember it. I remember it clear as day. I was at my father's house. He was making a suckling pig and I was outside. I forced him to bring a TV outside so I can watch that game. And that was pure excitement. That game went from, oh my God, the Dolphins are just blowing the doors off of the Buffalo Bills to, oh, my God, Tyrod Taylor's bringing them back, to, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, I can't believe we blew this, to, oh, my God, uh, Franks just hit a a field goal from the moon, to, oh, my God, Jay Ajayi just won this game for us with a 70-yard run. Can I just say that I'm um, I'm 47 years old, and I don't look it or sound it uh, in January, and I don't think in all of my years on the earth I've ever heard somebody say to me, my dad was cooking a suckling pig. Just want to put that out there, just for all the suckling pig fans out there. Yeah, that's that's, uh, not, you know, that's not a reference to the bull toner stuff that we were talking about earlier. That's an actual animal, right? Yes. Have you ever had one? Yeah. Have you ever had one, Sam? Um, I've never dated one. Um, <laughs> I, I probably have. I, mean, I think we just call it pork over here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I have. I don't think they're. I don't think we're quite as niche when it comes to the the, the behavior of the of the pig. I just think we just eat it. Okay, now here's the problem with, uh, and some so people do you are, have su- do you have suckling lambs or suckling? No, no, a suckling, suckling pig is. Uh, how do I explain this? A lot of people are going to get angry, but you know, is screw, it, you, does screw it, you, it's my culture. All right, a suckling pig is a piglet that is fed by its mother's milk. It's very young yep. pig. They're bred okay. specifically 
in Spain for you know to be eaten at celebrations. So they're small. You understand? Okay. Yeah. So nice. you know, so people get pretty upset about that, but you know, they taste absolutely magnificent. And next time I go to the butchers, I'm going to look for, which actually will probably be the first time I go to an actual butchers. Um, I will look for a suckling pig. Yes. If, if you go to Spain, if you go to Spain, you, especially in Madrid, that is, uh, I would say, uh, let me see. Let me try and convert some dollars here. 500 pound dish, I would say. Wow. Yes. Here in the United States. Really? Yeah, here in the United States, you're talking about a good suckling pig, like picked out, hand-picked, $150, $160, maybe? I mean, I'm and not it paying feeds about It'll feed about four very hungry people, okay? I'm not paying $500 or 500 pounds for anything unless it comes with a blowjob. <laughs> or the lawnmower 3.0, right? Or the, well, I'd rather the blowjob, frankly, but um, that's well, not gonna... true, by the way. I, I'm just playing for laughs, Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but let's get back to this game. Are yes. the Dolphins playing? Because we have a lot of information since we last spoke. Okay, we last spoke last Thursday. A lot of football has gone on since then. Since then, we have learned that the Did Saints can keep on, on rolling on, with no quarterback, essentially. Right? Yeah, we spoke on Monday, mate. Where have you been? Yeah, that's right. That's true. We did speak on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess we didn't cover this on the, what happened on Sunday, but the Saint, we found out the Saints can play with no quarterback, right? They did that last year, though, didn't they? I mean, this, Sean Payton's now 8-0 and without Drew Brees. I mean, if you take <laughs> yes. the five Teddy Bridgewater games last season. And we also learned that, first of all, you know, let's give some credit to the Washington football team. You know, they don't – Alex Smith doesn't turn it over. Okay, he's just going to be like wallpaper. And before you know it, they have 20 points on the board. And that defense is really good. And that pass rush is great. And Chase Young, he may not have the gaudy sack numbers, but he's a runaway defense, a rookie defensive player of the year candidate and award winner, in my opinion. So Washington football team is better than that five and seven record. Pittsburgh goes down at home. And then we saw Kansas City. Kansas City looked human against Denver and probably should have lost that game. So are the Dolphins playing the best team in the NFL on Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Unquestionably. I think it's a, it's a flawed season. It's a weird season. You know, mm-hmm. look at what happened with the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns at the weekend. Yes. Um, you know, Cleveland to me were the paper tigers of the NFL. They were eight and three. They'd only beaten the Colts. Every other victory had come against uh, teams in the NFC East uh, or just significantly bad, you know, Jacksonville, et cetera, et cetera. They've beaten Houston, they've beaten Dallas, they've beaten the Giants, they've beaten the Eagles, um, they've beaten the Bengals twice. So for me, they were the paper tigers. But to see them turn over the Titans, I mean, at one stage, I think it was, was it 38-7 or something? The Browns it was 38-7 to seven in the middle of the second quarter. <laughs> it was astonishing. Mm. I mean, astonishing. Um, and, and when you take into consideration that they'd lost 38-7 to... The Ravens had lost 38-6 to the Steelers and 16-6 to the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, this was a team that you were expecting, certainly expecting if you're a betting person for, for Tennessee to cover the spread. And actually what happened was that, you know, Baker Mayfield came out and punched Tennessee in the face. You look at other teams around the league, they're, you know, apart from the Chiefs, there doesn't seem to be, you know, Buffalo are playing well. Um, and, and it really comes down to the consistency level of Josh Allen. You look at, you know, there were a series of three throws he made against the 49ers. One 
before or two before the end of the first quarter and the first play of the second quarter, which were absolutely, you know, the first play of the second quarter was one of the best throws I've seen all year. But he's got to be more consistent week in and week out. The Bills have got a serious chance, A, if they can keep consistency and B, if they can find some semblance of a running game because mm-hmm. they're a really good team. They're really good defensively. But beyond that, you know, our New Orleans, New Orleans has got a good defense, but, you know, Drew Brees coming back, how healthy is he? He didn't play very well anyway until the point in which... um to the point in which uh, he went down with the injury. Green Bay looked great on offense, but defensively, they can't seem to stop anybody. You know, you and I had a discussion two weeks ago. I talked about the Raiders, uh, and all of a sudden the Raiders are falling apart. The, the, the Cardinals, you know, Kyler Murray was, was front and center of the MVP race after the Hale Murray. They've lost all three games since that point. Last week, people were talking about the 40. Here come the 49ers. Nobody wants they fell yeah, apart. And they get the smashed by the Bills. <laughs> yeah. You've you know, you've got the New England Patriots all of a sudden coming up on the rails. They're now six and six, and you know, nobody wants to be and the Rams uh, the, and the Rams the at one point were left for dead, and now they lead yeah. the division over Seattle. Now that look look at the Seahawks, you know, Russell yeah. Wilson again, you know, started the first quarter. Russell Wilson was the runaway MVP. I think Seattle have lost three of the last five. They're really struggling. They've got a tough, they've got a tough road in. So, you know, you, Baltimore, again, you know, didn't look particularly pretty beating Dallas the other night. That that offense just isn't sustainable, I don't think, in a playoff chase. You know, so it is wide open, I think. I, I, you know, look at the Giants. The New York Giants. Yeah, the Giants. Yeah, the Giants, yeah, the the Giants and the really Washington good, football team both look like legitimate football teams. Both of them. The Giants Giants have got a really good defense. Ta- Tampa is not out of it. On any given Sunday, that Tampa, uh, you know, that offense patently doesn't suit Tom Brady it just does not suit him at all. And I think ultimately that will be to their detriment. And, and I don't think they will win a Super Bowl, but you wouldn't be surprised to see them go on a run. I'm just looking for a team. This is the time of the year now. I'm looking for a team that's starting to go on a run. And I can't really find one. Every year you sort of pick a team, you're like, this this Washington team, this Green Bay team, this Miami team, they look like they're just mm-hmm. picking up at the right time. And a, a couple of times you think, okay, Team A is getting hot. Like a couple of weeks ago, I thought the Colts, the Colts look like they could be, but they've sort of, they've blown a little bit hot and cold as well over the last couple of weeks. It, it's so open. It really is. But I just think the Chiefs just stand head and shoulders above everybody else. They're incredibly difficult. You, know, you look at third and 15. So Al Michaels called it the other night against the Broncos. Most teams, a third and 15, you know, you hand the ball off, hope to get five or six yards and punt. You know, with the third and 15 with the Chiefs, you're almost always expecting them to convert. And yeah. that's the most difficult thing because of what, you know, because of what Mahomes can do, the way that he can throw, the way that he can manipulate the pocket when he breaks contain, you know, and how dangerous he is. So it'll be fascinating to see how the Dolphins play the Chiefs defensively at the weekend. You know, will they, I don't think that they will be able to to blitz, you know, those, those cover zero blitzes because I don't think you want to leave, as good as Xavier Howard has played and he has, you will not want to leave either Xavier Howard or Byron Jones one-on-one with Tyreek Hill. You just don't want to do it because he's, you know, as good as our boys are, Hill is probably the fastest man in the NFL. You know, you're going to probably, you're going to probably want to roll a safety over the top of Xavier Howard covering Tyreek Hill. Then Mm -hmm. you're probably going to want Byron Jones on Sammy, on Sammy Watkins uh, or Mikael Harmon, depending on who starts, but probably Watkins. And then you're going to want Eric Rowe covering Travis Kelsey with linebacker help underneath. But I, I don't think you can just solely put so somebody so fast on an island with Xavier Howard and expect not to get burned a couple of times. You know, big as good as Howard's played, that's not a detriment to to mm-hmm. Xavier Howard. That's you know, the NFL is favoured. Offensive players are favoured in the NFL these days because of the rules about you know coverage and you know hands and all those sorts of things in terms of 
how much easier it is to throw flags. I think um, I think that's how the Dolphins will have to play. I just don't think you can you can play cover zero blitzes and expect our guys to match up one on one on the on the perimeter and not get burned because Mahomes is too intelligent. The game is so slow for him, you know, and he can just make every single throw. So it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. I'm really I'm really excited about the game because I actually think it'll be really tight. I don't think the Dolphins will get blown out at all. I think we'll it, it might just be a it might be like that Monday night game from a few weeks ago where the Chiefs went down to the to, to Las Vegas and. It was last team had the ball. I, I just don't see the Dolphins getting blown out. I, you know, I, I think it'll be close, and I think it'll be a bit of a barn burner. Yeah, and and that's been the evidence this year. The the Dolphins either beat you by double digits or you squeak past them. You know, I think the team that that beat them the most comfortably was Week One, and that was the Patriots, and that was after months of preparing. And the Dolphins really didn't know what what to expect going up to Foxborough, and then all of a sudden they're facing. You know, a single wing, you know, quarterback keeper offense, <laughs> whatever, mm. whatever the hell was it that they were calling against them. And they just couldn't defend it. And of course, behind three interceptions from Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick, they still were only down 14 10 with 10 minutes to go in the game. Okay. So they had every opportunity for that game. But that was really the only game where I felt like they weren't really ever in it. The other, every other game, they had opportunities. One thing they've that... got to get they've got to get pressure from the front four only yes. mm-hmm. at the weekend. They've got to get you know Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson, and the interior guys have got to have individual games of the season. I, I think because you're going to have to. I, I think you're going to have to do what New England did early in the season when the Patriots lost when when Cam Newton had COVID, and that was to flood the field with defensive backs and essentially let hope that the that the front four get home, which they did pretty consistently, but they played seven defensive backs. I, I can't remember the number, but I think it was something like 70% of the time on defense, they played mm. seven defensive backs. And I think that's what the Dolphins are going to have to do. They're going to have to flood um, that secondary, both at underneath level and, you know, deeper down the field and just hope that the boys can consistently get home or try and get home, try and pressure Mahomes, try and get in his face. You send the occasional blitz, whether that's Brandon Jones, but I suspect more with Van Noy, with Jerome Baker. But the expectation is heavy on that defensive line and they'll know it coming in. You know, it's not the best offensive line in the league, but it's a very, very manoeuvrable quarterback with, with good pass protecting running backs, good chipping tight ends, um, you know, the, the the wide receivers will will weigh in, um, chipping ends, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if the Dolphins to have any success, that's how it will play out. Yeah, and I completely agree. Uh, there's a lot of talk nationally of Xavier Howard as a defensive player of the year candidate. And first of all, I would say the problem with that is that there was a team that was previously undefeated that has TJ Watt, who was having a, mon- a monster season this year. So, you know, they're always going to they're always going to defer to the team with the big the big fat record, you know, and if you look at Pittsburgh's schedule down the road, it's not you know, it's not inconceivable. They could finish 15 and one mm-hmm. and then they're going to have a guy who's the catalyst on their defense, TJ Watt, and he's not going to be the defensive player of the year. You know, so I find that hard to believe, but it would go a long way if Xavier Howard has a great game against Tyreek Hill. Yeah, absolutely. It'll get him in but that conversation. It will. I don't think he'll win it because I think, you know, Watts had a set, what, leads the league, 12, 12 sacks, 19 tackles for a loss, a pick. You know, he's playing outstanding football. And, and you know, even against uh, Washington the other night without Bud Dupree, he was still able to get home. And, you know, it wasn't just sacks. He made a phenomenal stop on the goal line um, in the third quarter. 
Um, Aaron Donald obviously is just, you know, I mean, he's a perennial all pro. So he's having another monster season. So, but Howard's in the mix, certainly. Um, and he's playing really well. I, I, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll win the award, but you know, you do need him on a national stage, CBS as national stage <clears throat> to, to turn up big, you know, with Romo and Nance on hand, you, you want him to have a big game. You want him to show why he's, you know, why he's talked about in these circles, because we know, we see him every week. We know he's a great corner um, and it's great to see him healthy and he's having a phenomenal season, but you know, you don't want him burned for a couple of touchdowns by Tyreek Hill, regardless, because obviously the narrative from the people that don't watch then begins to spread, but you know, the, the corners are playing brilliantly. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. The, there's only one, only one team has ever beaten Patrick Mahomes twice in a season, which is, and I'll give you another in- interesting one. You know that Patrick Mahomes has never been in second place, ever. I do. I also know that he's never lost a game by more than eight points. <laughs> it's insane what that guy's in the doing NFL. at the start of his career. Oh, ridiculous! It is. Ridiculous. But there's only one team that has beaten him twice in one season, and the defensive coordinator of that team is our head coach. Does that matter? Andy Reid seemed to bring it up, so he's thinking about it. Does that really matter? Can't, can't, does that really translate? Because we've already seen it translate. And, you know, when we're recording here, we don't know the result of Rams, Patriots, but everybody's thinking the same thing that we were thinking when we were going to line up against the Patriots, I mean, against the Rams a few weeks ago. We were thinking Brian Flores kind of knows how to handle a Sean McVay offense and he might do it again. Sure enough, he did. Hmm. So is it as simple as something like that? Like Brian Flores might have the keys to slowing down Patrick Mahomes? I don't think it'll bother Mahomes. I think Andy Reid will have watched extensively Brian Flores' defences in those games, but also against uh, also for New England, because I think that's what he does. I think that him and Eric Bayanemi will have plans in place for how they deal with it, because that's what, you know, that's what they do. Um, that's what they'll be looking to do to, to try and expose our weaknesses defensively but I, I don't think Mahomes it will play much into his head I, but I I certainly think that Reed and 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 the enemy will have thought about it and look Andy Reed is you know he holds the sort of the the Indian sign above us he is um we've only ever lost he's only ever lost once to the Dolphins in his career I think he was three and one as head coach of the Eagles uh, and that sole loss came in in Donovan McNabb's rookie year back in 1999 he's unbeaten against us as Chiefs head coach and he is operating at the very highest level. He is a, you know, beyond beyond uh, Bill Belichick, he is the the preeminent coach in the NFL. So he's definitely going to have a plan to try and outfox Coach Flores uh, and Coach Bynes in terms of uh, the defensive setup. But obviously, to that end, Coach Flo and uh, and Josh Bynes will have their own plan as to how to deal with Mahomes. So it'll be very very interesting. It'll be I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how the chess match plays out. But like I said, just a huge game for that defensive front four of the Dolphins. Because you look at that defensive front four for the Chiefs, you know, that is a very, very powerful front. You know, Chris Jones, obviously, both as a rush threat, but also, you know, underrated uh, as a run defender. You know, you're really not going to be wanting running, you know, the guys headlong into the headlong into the um, the line of scrimmage like we have been doing a little, a little bit. I think they're going to have to be creative with run plays. You know, I think the, the Chiefs, Frank Clark, obviously, you know, a, a very it'll be a huge test for Austin Jackson. You mm-hmm. know, against uh, a very good uh, rush defensive end in um, in Frank Clark. Um, you know, I think that they will have the ability to get home as a front four. You know, obviously, you know, 
they mix in and out those safeties. They pretty much play three safeties the entire the entire time. Two linebackers, three safeties. So they'll play Tyron Matthew. They'll obviously Daniel Sorensen and Juan Thornhill. Matthew will obviously and Sorensen tend to play much more on the line. Thornhill plays plays deeper sometimes as a, a as a single high free safety. Sometimes in a two with Sorensen. Matthew is the guy that two is going to have to really keep. Uh, you know, you saw him his ball hawking skills the other night. Early pick against Drew Locke, mm-hmm. then sort of salted the game away with a late pick. Um, but you know that into Mike Pinnell, you know Derek Nandy. You know saw what Derek Nandy did early in the Super Bowl um, in terms of that pressure. They, these are good players, and then Willie Gay, the linebacker, coming on. Um, you know Anthony Hitchens. He's been around the block a long time. Um, I, I, I think for the Dolphins and certainly for for Tua, I think there's there, there is uh, hay to be had, hay to be made against Bashard Breland. Uh, against Legereus Sneed, obviously the rookie, and against mm. Travis Ward, who's an underrated corner. But I think that's where the Dolphins will, you know, will really look to drive home an advantage. Um, and certainly using the, the, you know, I think Devontae Parker's got to have a huge game, you know, using his height. Um, it was interesting to see Lynn Bowden played more and more. I, I wonder how many, tr- I wonder if there's a trick play or two mm. up the sleeve of, you know, I, and I don't want to say, you know, reminiscent of the wildcard game back in, in New England with Ronnie Brown, but it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, there was a there was a there was a receiver slash halfback pass that came either from Malcolm Perry or for Lynn Bowden this week. Just something a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Just to keep that defense on its toes, because Miami is going to have to get creative. They're not going to be able to run the ball consistently, certainly against that front. Certainly when they bring Matthew or Sorensen into the box. So they're going to have to get creative and it wouldn't surprise me to see, uh, you know, as Lynn Bowden has become more comfortable in the offense and given what he was able to do at Kentucky, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him throw the ball out of a, what looks like a running situation or, a, you know, some jet sweeps with Perry, some jet sweeps with, with Bowden, just mixing it up. And Grant. And Grant. And Grant. I mean, you know, it's got to be the, it's got to be the makeup game for Jakeem really, because, you know, the, the, there was a couple of critical drops last week. I, I know he obviously had the he had the big situation um, with Mike Thomas. Mac Hollins is another who could be very important. Mike Gesicki is mm. obviously going to be hugely important. Yes. You know, we talk about how we're going to cover, we talk about how we're going to cover um, Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, future All-Pro, and he's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal tight end, first tight end in NFL history to have five consecutive thousand-yard seasons. It will be very interesting to see how the, the, the plan that the Chiefs have for covering Mike Gesicki, you know, yeah, and on playing... that front, and on that front, you know, and before you know, before we get into that, because I dug into that, I got very inspired after Monday, and I and I dug into the all twenty two of the Chiefs of what they did against Waller, Gronk, and Noah Fant, and hmm. I, I looked into those three guys because you know those are notable tight ends. I wanted to see what was the plan that the Chiefs had for those three guys. You know what their plan was to just cover them like they would cover anybody else mm. <laughs> it was it was odd to see them not pay too much mind to those guys and just allow basically those guys to run free so if they what do they that with Gusecki yeah what they tend to do as well is flood that second level area um uh, and play a little over under coverage which is essentially linebackers will have the sort of that they'll play sort of a, a, a cover two shell at times mm. uh, and they'll have um they'll have linebackers sort of roaming in that area. But with those three safeties, they'll often have a safety sort of roaming, uh, you know, in, the linebackers will cover the sort of the short and then there'll be a safety. It, it won't look like it, but then there'll be a safety over the top. You'll see Ty Matthew turn and run. You mm-hmm. might see Thornhill coming up. Sorensen is a good, you know, covers tight ends well. So it will be very interesting. But, you know, if, if they do cover Gesicki, 
Durham Smythe has been catching the ball, looks very comf- confident, comfortable with the ball in his hands. And obviously Adam Shaheen as well. So, you know, I think the Dolphins are going to, to win this game, I think the Dolphins are going to have to have their best performance of the year in Easily. all four phases, which is offense, which has been inconsistent. I think we'd be honest and say it's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Defense, which has generally been very good. Special teams, which has been outstanding. And kudos to Danny Crossman. You know, this is a real, you know, this is a really interesting game as well when you look at the special teams. You know, Dave Taub, the, the, the long-time um, special teams coach of the uh, of the Chiefs, one of the finest special teams coaches of a generation. Danny Crossman's unit absolutely flying this year. Punters being great. We've got the only punt return touchdown, I think, in the NFL this season. Obviously, Jason Sanders is, you know, if Jason Sanders isn't the all-pro kicker, then there's something really wrong with the world. Um, coverage units have been fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's very interesting in that battle. And then coaching. You know, Coach Flo, Chan Gailey's got to call a great game. Defensive coordinator's got to call a great game. Uh, I think we have to be perfect or as close to perfect as possible in those four areas to get across the line. Whereas I don't think the Chiefs necessarily have to be just because they're two years ahead of, of where we we currently are. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it'll be very interesting to see what happens. And I, and I do I do think it'll be a close game. Yeah, as on the injury front, front, front I would say Eric Flowers is, is a cinch not to be out there. Uh, he, he's looking at probably a couple of weeks before he could return. The team is being very coy with Preston Williams. They're, they're essential, you know, their, their comments this week were essentially where he could be back or he could not be back, <laughs> which is, mm. which is, you know, which is telling. But the other one that they haven't really said enough about is Alandon Roberts. Now, the guy that's going to step in for him is Calvin Munson. I told you guys very early on in camp, I was watching him and I was saying, okay, this guy's going to make the team because he's really good on special teams. But in his limited time in base, I think he's a capable guy. Now that begs the question, how much base defense do you think the Dolphins are going to play on Sunday? If any. Very, very little. I, I think Munson will rarely see the field. I think we'll probably only play two linebackers for a certain proportion of time because I just think that I, I genuinely think that they'll follow what the Patriots did and flood that secondary with defensive mm. backs. I think it's the, you know, they're going to have to have, I mean, let's look at it. They're going to have to have Bobby, Eric Rowe, Noah, X, Byron, Brandon Jones. That's six. Need um, Needham, seven. I think they're going to be on the field almost all the time. I think that's the, you know, you go back and watch the all 22 of that Patriots game. If if Cam Newton had been playing, or if that was Tom Brady, if it was a New England offense from 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 last year, I don't think there's any way that the Kansas City get out of Arrowhead with a win in that game earlier this season. Mm. Uh, I just think Patrick Mahomes could not work out what was what was happening. It was one of those incredibly rare occasions where comfortably the greatest passer of a generation and probably a guy that will go down as the greatest of all time could not work out what was happening, and you do not see that very often. And I think for for Coach Flo. He will obviously have seen that game. He will obviously be aware of what the Patriots did, quite apart from the fact that he built that system, really. You know, they, the Patriots played more six and seven defensive backs than any team in the league over the last few years, um, you know, so for, for obvious reasons. You know, we're a passing league. So I think that's what you'll see on Sunday. You'll see a flooding of the secondary. You won't see... I don't. I, I think it'll be a very rare scenario if you see three linebackers on the field. And, it, and I think if they do, we'll end up getting burnt. Yeah, I think one thing that can happen because i've seen it happen before especially this year with that kansas city chiefs offense is andy Reid seems to really care about being you know 
game plan specific against the Bucks. He decided we're going to throw it on every single down. We're essentially going to play as if we don't know what a running game is. It's entirely possible, and I suspect that that might be exactly what he might do. He might decide, you know what, we're going to run it 35 times against the Dolphins' nickel defense because that's their obvious weakness. With Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who should be over his illness from this this past week. Is that your suspicion as well? That he, yeah. he might actually decide to run it 35 times and we're not going to see too much of the high-flying passing offense of the Kansas City Chiefs? No, I think you've got. I think the Chiefs have just got to play to their, do what they do, play to their strengths. I think you'll see some runs, some screens, some you know, tight end throws, both to to Kelsey, but some of the other guys as well. You'll see Demarcus Robinson. You'll see uh, Michael Hardman. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they went four receivers at times. You know, and and really try to you know target Noah if possible. You know, maybe get Noah matched up on Michael Hardman, for example. Um, but and also, so, you know, somebody messaged me the other day said, do, "Do you think the Dolphins should just slow it down when they have the ball, keep the Chiefs off the field?" And, and I think it's a perfectly plausible proposition. I just don't think it'll happen because I just don't think the Dolphins are built to cope that way. The Dolphins can't control the clock because they don't have a, a requisite running game. You know, we all like uh, we all like Gaskin, we all like our running backs, but what what we're lacking is we're lacking a, an Edward Seller and a Le'Veon Bell. You know, maybe this mm. time next year, if we have a Najee Harris or a Javonta Williams or a Travis Etienne or, or whoever, a Mo Ibrahim, one of those guys, then, then things will look different. But we cannot control the clock, unfortunately. Um, and we've seen, and we certainly saw last week, that, that the team improved significantly when they went to a hurry-up offense and Tua really honed in at that point. That's when his accuracy just went through the roof. Um, and I think he probably played the best second half that uh, you know the best half of football he's had since he he came mm-hmm. to the Dolphins. Um, so I think I think both teams have got to play to their strengths. Uh, you know, I, I I sincerely expect us to see um, heavy doses of Edward Hilaire and heavy doses of Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think they'll go away from what they do best, which is let's be honest, Mahomes doing crazy things in the backfield, whether it's taking fifteen step drops and then launching it sixty yards down the field, whether it's those yeah. little you know turning his body sort of through angles that you can't expect and, and and little dump off passes that you know should have been sacks or picks or, and one thing about Mahomes actually he has got seriously lucky with a an awful lot of should have been interceptions this season yes this for me will be a critical area can the Dolphins get you know the 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 number one scoring defense in the NFL I think the number two defense in the NFL in terms of turnovers there are opportunities out there for playmakers on the ball and finally the number one defense on third downs so yeah they got three metrics going for them now he is he is the quarterback of the generation and probably will end up as i said earlier as the greatest quarterback of all time but it's not that he is not without the odd mistake or two he will put balls up for grabs he's got lucky a few times this season with drop picks with with crazy sort of caroms that have taken the ball away from what looked like going to be surefire interceptions etc so the Dolphins have a ball hawking defense so you may you may see them come away with with an interception on the flip side you know for Tua this is this is a massive game for him if if he Mm -hmm. doesn't throw an interception on Sunday he will become the first quarterback in the Super Bowl generation to start his first six games and not throw an interception he's currently tied with Dan Marino, Ben Ben Roethlisberger and Dak Prescott as the only quarterbacks in, in the Super Bowl era of NFL history to start the first five games and not throw an interception. So records are on the line, not that he'll care about records. The only record he cares about is going to to nine and four, but it will be very interesting because also he's got away with a couple of 
you know, possible picks as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This season. So we, we shall see how it goes. But the Dolphins are a ball hawking unit, as we know. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if they can get pressure. That's so critical. You know, it's going to be such a, it, it, it'll be a fascinating discussion in, the, in that Dolphin defensive coaches room this week as to do we blitz? Or do we, yeah, do we stick or do we twist? Do we blitz or do we sit back and wait? Because if you sit back and wait too long, he's going to pick you apart. If you blitz, he can pick you apart as well. But you can also get home. Mm. Yeah, you have to. I think the Dolphins will have to pick and choose their blitzes. I don't think you can. I do not think you can do what we did earlier in the season, which is just show cover zero and all come because I think you'll just get destroyed as good as our corners are. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And something interesting that was said on Good Morning Football, and Kyle Bryant said it. He said that he's seen glimpses of Tuscaloosa Tua, and mm. he considers Tuscaloosa Tua a guy who's just completely in charge and just throwing it all over the lot and seems to have some autonomy over what he has to do or what he can do or what he wants to do. It was interesting this week. I don't know if you saw his press availability on, uh, I believe it was, let me check on, uh, actually, it was just, it was yesterday. His availability yesterday, Wednesday's availability, Tua Tungvaloa. Did you see it, Simon? I didn't know. Okay, it was very interesting when he was asked about, you know, it seemed like, you know, they cut the reins on you a little bit, like you could do more of what you want to do. And he says that he's getting comfortable with telling Chan Gailey, look, I want to, I really want to run this. I want to run that. And I want to call this in this spot. And that Chan Gailey is essentially agreeing with him saying, yeah, okay. Well, if you like to run this in this spot, then that's what we're going to run in this spot. And he says that he's getting more and com- more comfortable every single week with telling Chan Gailey what he wants to run and when he wants to run it. And for that alone, and I, I agree with Kyle Brandt, we're going to need Tuscaloosa Tua this Sunday. I feel, and tell me if, if my confidence is, is unfounded, but I do have a sense, in com- a sense of confidence that he's going to play well. Because yeah, I, I just, I just, he just has that look for me. He has the look of that guy that's he's going to play well. He's going to play well. He will not be the reason they lose on Sunday if they lose. Should I tell him what? Should I tell you why? Should I tell you why he's going to play well? Because mm-hmm. he's a big game. He's always been a big game quarterback. He's always been a big game quarterback. Um, even in the even in the national championship defeat to Clemson, you know, he didn't he didn't he wasn't the reason they lost. And he made some mistakes, but he also made some absolutely, you know, people tend to forget because of the amazing night that Trevor had, the amazing night Justin Ross had. You know, yeah, he had a couple of picks and he had the 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 pick early on by Trayvon Mullen where the receiver went the wrong way. But he made some world-class throws in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to that first national championship, you know, coming in at halftime, taking over from Jalen Hurts, a guy who'd, you know, won a national championship. And who is now the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, coming in that second half, doing what he did, throw, throwing two touchdowns, getting to overtime, taking the sack, and then turning around and just launching that that game winner to, to Devonta Smith, who hopefully will be a Miami Dolphin next season as well. So I think he will play really well. Um, I, I love when he gets in rhythm. You know, he got in rhythm. He was out of sync completely against the Broncos. He never once got into rhythm. It looked like it was going the same way early on last week against the Bengals. And then all of a sudden he just caught fire. When he catches fire, you just think that every single throw he's going to make, there's just something, there's an air about him. Mm-hmm. There's confidence about him. You, you know, they'll cut to the huddle and, you know, he just looks completely in the zone. Um, and yeah, Steve Spagnola is a great coach. He's another guy who really, you know, elevates his, his performances in the big game. You only have to go back to when he was defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. Back in those Super Bowls with OCU Minora and um, 
and Michael Strahan at defensive end against the Patriots, for example, you know, those two defensive ends, Uminura and, and Strahan, for all the talk about the helmet catch by David Tyree and the, uh, the touchdown catch by Plexico Burris and, you know, Eli's incredible, you know, one of the greatest throws of all time, the Eli pass to, to Mario Manningham down the left sideline in front of Bill Belichick, you know, for all of that, you go back and look at the impact that those two defensive ends had in, in that Super Bowl run or that, those two Super Bowl runs, you know, Spags knows how to coach in big games. He knows how to get the best out of his players in big games. Um, so I, I think it's just going to be a fascinating matchup. And I think we match up pretty well. And it may be a year too soon for us to really, mm-hmm. but Christ, what a statement it could be if we come out on Sunday as, um, you know, with the W. I, I think, I think we'll probably end up losing. And, you know, we talked about it on Monday. You know, we're going to need to go two and two at worst, I think, in this stretch yes. to make the playoffs. Oh, that's, Broncos, I think, I, I believe it's required. I think two and yeah. two is required. That, that Broncos defeat, I think, is probably going to come back and bite us in the arse. I mean, we did, we were done no favors the other night by the Cowboys. You know, we've not really had a fate. You know, we really need the Rams and, and, and Bill Belichick, you know, as we saw in the Super Bowl two years ago, you know, he gets in Jared Goff's head. So I'm not expecting a lot from the Rams tonight in terms of, in terms of victory, even though they're at home. Although, the, you know, the need. Patriots, as far as the Patriots coming back to, to you know, to bite us, like their, their schedule is murder. You know, if ours is pretty tough, theirs is absolute death, <laughs> you know. So I don't worry about them. I worry about I worry about us. If we get two out of the next four, we should be OK. You know, we yeah. should be OK. But, yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see what is the evolution of how teams are going to defend him. Uh, speaking of Tua Tungvaluwa, because. It started off with, okay, we're just going to throw a lot of blitzes his way. He seemed to defeat them against the Cardinals. And then they said, okay, what we're going to try to do is a bunch of five-man pressures. And Denver was very successful in that. And since then, that's what, at least what Cincinnati tried to do. And that wasn't good enough either. So I think there's a further evolution coming now on how they're going to defend Tua. And it could be something, something as simple as just trying to get there with four this time so i think he's gonna play well i think it's gonna be a fun game if the dolphins win you know start you know start start punching your ticket to the playoffs they're going to the playoffs they win this game it's gonna be impossible to keep them out okay unless they lose the last three of course but if they win this one it's gonna be impossible to keep them out and in fact buffalo's gonna have to go the whole way all the way to the end because they do play pittsburgh this weekend okay so that last game of the season could be for the division title. So I mean, it's time to it's time what? I think the Bills will beat Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I could see it. I could I could see it as well because it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills won the Super Bowl. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, you know, I go on I go on the Rock Powell Report, which is the the top Buffalo Bills podcast. I go on there every every couple of weeks, and they're over the moon with Josh Allen, but they're suspicious of their defense and they hate their running game. I don't know if that's the type of team that can go to Kansas city and beat Kansas city, you know? So yeah, I know what you mean. I, I would keep them can... out of the super bowl just because of that. Now, can they make the AFC championship game? Absolutely. I think I, if good, yeah. good Josh Allen turns up. Yeah. They could win it all. It could be because good Josh Allen we've seen is kind of overwhelming, right? <laughs> it yeah, is. Definitely. You know, it's also, it's also, it's strange. Like I, I had, I had never, I had forgotten about this, but, you know what Stephon, the Stefan Diggs trade, what it cost him? It cost him Justin Jefferson. Have you seen the season that Justin Jefferson has had yeah, for Minnesota? Um, 
He's having a great year. And to me, he's the walkaway rookie of the year. It will go to Justin Herbert, but to me, it's um the guy is is has he outplayed Thielen? Because I believe he has, or he's yeah, equal he, with Adam Thielen. No, he's had. I mean, he's there's a lot of really good receivers in this league, but he he should uh, he'll at worst he'll go to the um at worst he'll go to the um to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, um, if there was a Pro Bowl game, but um you know he probably won't be an All Pro only because there's. You know, there's been some receivers who've had phenomenal years, but uh, I think, I mean, I'm just looking up his stats now. He's had what? His numbers are catches, equal. I think they're equal to Stefan Diggs. 61 catches, 1,039. I mean, 17 yards a catch. Yeah. Seven touchdowns. He's had a phenomenal. So he's been brilliant. You know, but again, this goes back to something we've talked about about college players and certainly college wide receivers. You know, Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, he ran a 4.43 at six foot one, 202 pounds. It's very similar size-wise, certainly height-wise, to Devonta Smith. You know, Devonta will probably end up being about 178, 180 pounds, maybe water loading, six foot one, six foot two. He's not going to run a 4.43. He'll probably run a 4.48, maybe. But what Devonta does so well is the same thing that Keenan Allen does. It's the same thing that Devonta Adams does, and it's the same thing that Justin Jefferson does. It's the same thing Stephon Diggs does. You know, it is run phenomenal routes so you take the speed guys you know you look at henry ruggs for example you take off mm. the the hail mary last week henry ruggs has struggled this season you look at john ross you know obviously we talk about john ross his bus territory hollywood brown another guy who's you know 500 yards receiving in his first year 500 yards receiving in his second year you know it's you know john ross is um Hollywood Brown is is not a particularly good wide receiver. These are speed guys who were not able to run routes at the college level and then are struggling to to get open, you know, at the NFL level. You need to look for, we need to look for receivers who can run really crisp, really precise routes because mm-hmm. that, you know, it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how fast you are if you can't run routes, but it matters if you can run routes, but you're not fast because you can get open because of the precision, the way that you use your head, the way that you use your arms way that you use your hips to get open that's what jefferson did so well at lsu and that's what he does so well in the nfl and that's why he's successful i absolutely agree all right it's time it's prediction time how do you see this game going who wins simon i think the i think the kansas city chiefs win and i think they win 35 31 wow a shootout Hmm. i kind of see it the same way i believe that two is going to play really really well I think that that I'm not going to say we're going to fall short. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to do what he keeps doing to everybody else. And that's, he gets the ball last. He gets a field goal on the board and they win the game. And I'm going to give it to them. I'm not going to give them 30 points. I think our defense is going to play pretty well, but I said that the chiefs win 27, 24. And I said last week before the game in the pregame show, that two was going to have his best game as a pro. I think he's going to have his best game as a pro this week, but it just won't be enough. I think the Chiefs are too good, but the Dolphins are going to gain some confidence, I think, from this game on Sunday. Can they win? Maybe, but I think, like you said, they're probably a year ahead of schedule. Next year, we'll talk about winning this game. This year, I think they fall just a little bit short. All right, so we'll talk to you guys on Monday, hopefully. We'll be talking about a victory. And if we're talking about a victory, oh, who knows what what words might come out of my mouth? Maybe the word Super Bowl? (laughs) Who knows? But if they win, that's what I said last week. 
they're in a they're only in they're in a no lose situation really the only way they can lose on sunday is that they get absolutely embarrassed which is a possibility of course but i don't think that's going to happen if they lose a close one they win if they win they really win and we could talk where these are where you're relying these are games where you're relying on people like eric rowe Carl Van Noy, to a to a greater or lesser degree, mm. you know some of those Patriots, the guys who've won big games, who've been in big games, who've played for all the for all the chips. Do you know what I mean? Because ultimately, we're playing with house money at the moment. Nobody expects mm. us to be where we are. Um, but you know, there's going to have to be a reliance on guys that have done there, done it before, been there before. You know, because there aren't that many Dolphins players, you know, who who are used to winning. You look at Howard, you know, you look at Bobby McCain, you look at you know, some of those other guys that we've got on the team, Devonta, Devonte, even, uh, Jakeem, you know, these are guys that aren't used to winning seasons. They're not used to being in this position. So mm-hmm. it's the Ted Karras's, it's the tours who have won national championships. You know, it's those guys that you're really going to be relying on to, to calm everybody down and, you know, strap on the big boy pants. Yeah. And by the way, did you see, I, th- I told you on the WhatsApp chat, have you seen the, the mic'd up uh, Calvanoi? Did you see that? I haven't. I haven't yet. It's it's hilarious. Okay, I'll give you a, a little synopsis. It's a you know spoiler alert, but you know it's only five minutes long. So how much how much can I spoil on there? But Kavanoi is standing on the sideline and he tells Bobby McCain, and he calls him Bob by the way, and he looks at him and he goes, Bob, how come you never block when we have a turnover? right and then Bobby McCain I guess it's a running joke because sometime in the third quarter he has a second sack and he and he tells and he goes to Bobby McCain he goes hey Bob if I do get a fumble you're gonna block for me right and Bobby McCain looks completely annoyed like if it's a running joke right and sure enough Calvino never left the the joke you know just sit there because he brought it back one last time in the fourth quarter because he walks right past Bobby McCain and he says Good thing we didn't get that fumble and try to return it for a touchdown because Bob would have never blocked anybody. And Bobby McCain is just laughing at him. Like, I guess it's a thing. I got to watch it on film. I guess Bobby McCain has never blocked anybody. (laughs) So very funny. Yeah, he's very, very funny. And this team is coming together. And if they pull this one off, who knows, like where they can go. But it'll be a fun game on Sunday. Enjoy it. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.